Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Bitchin' Brew, a podcast about music, life and everything in between. I, as ever, am your host Danny Randon, still here, still your host, still under lockdown, still surviving, still staying just about sane, just about, obviously. Uh, this is episode number 48 of Bitch and Brew, and thank you for tuning in wherever you are in the world right now, um, whether you're a returning listener, uh, or indeed like a, a new inductee into the into what I like to call the bitching crew. Um, if you are in that latter camp, then, then I do extend the warmest of welcomes to you, take a seat, put the kettle on, maybe dig those biscuits out of the cupboard that you were... You were telling yourself you were saving until the weekend, but let's face it, you weren't going to. Maybe maybe you want to crack open a cold one if, if hot drinks aren't your thing. I mean, just make yourself at home. Put your feet up. Enjoy. Um, because on, on Bitch and Brew, um, and you'll know this if you are a returning listener, one of the defining energies of this podcast since the very start has been uh, that we are kind of advocates for new and exciting bands, especially new bands coming out of the UK, which is where I am based. Um, always, you know, I, I kind of always feel this immense sense of pride with epi- every opportunity that I get to kind of acknowledge what an awesome scene we have through through the medium of this podcast. And it's especially great when you get to do that off the back of another ace new band exploding onto the scene. So my guest for this episode uh, represents a band who is who is definitely no exception to that. Uh, his name is Jack Rogers, and he is the lead singer of a brand new band coming out of London called Out of Love. And when I say that they're a brand new band, I mean they are brand spanking, red hot, like five chilies hot off the press, brand new. I, I like yeah. I mean, for example, on the week that I bring this podcast to your ears. Out of Love are, are gearing up. They're pretty much primed now to release their debut EP, which is a collection of four tracks. Uh, the EP is called I'm Not Me. Uh, it's out on July 17th via Venn Records, the UK underground institution that is Venn Records, to give them their full name. Um, I mean, you know, if you're not listening to this this episode fresh uh, and you're listening to it in the not-too-distant future, the EP may already be out at this point. Uh, in which case I would recommend you you go and listen to it. Maybe after you've listened to this episode of the podcast, because, you know, I wouldn't want you to miss out. Now, I've been lucky enough to to hear this EP in advance, thanks to our bitching pals over at Venn Records. Um, and it's one of those awesome little opening statements from a band that just says, we have something for everyone. It's got grit and bounce and it's punk as fuck, but it's also just really fucking catchy. I mean, you know, it, it it is a summary, it's it's a record for now, it's a really summary record, and I feel like that's something we all need right about now. A lot of us have kind of forgotten the fact that it is the summer. I mean, it's not exactly the way we want to spend summer, but I mean, this is this is the reality we live in, so we might as well make the most of it. And I think you can do that through listening to this uh, to this debut EP from Out of Love. Um, On to their frontman, uh, Jack Rogers, who I had a really fun time uh, chatting to, albeit not in person, um, under the current circumstances, of course. About the uh, you know we chatted about the formation of the band and all the kind of plans that they had for the release of this EP, which were. Shat on from a from a great height, thanks to 
COVID. And, um, you know, we also spoke a lot about how he used his skills as a graphic designer in crafting a visual identity for the band and a, a really cool aesthetic and just a bunch of other cool stuff along the way. I really enjoyed having this chat. I hope you have much, as much fun listening to it as I did recording it. We'll get right into it after we hear a clip from the first single from the EP. This song is called Slump, um, and it's from the band Out of Love, and I'll be grabbing a brew and a chat with their lead singer Jack Rogers right after this. That's just a little taster of the song Slump, which is the opening track from the forthcoming I Am Not Me EP from Out of Love. I'm delighted to be joined on Bitch and Brew uh, in lockdown, of course, over a popular conferencing software uh, by the frontman of Out of Love, Jack Rogers. Hello, Jack. Hello, what's up? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a yeah, normal, normal day in lockdown. It's been all right. How's your day been? <laughs> it's, it's not been too bad, thank you. Made all the better by, by chatting here with you, like I said, over a, oh. over an undisclosed conferencing software, which you've never used before. Yeah, I feel um, very, very old because I'm only used to, I guess, caveman technology. And this is, a, this is a new one for me, even though despite the fact that I know I've seen loads and loads of friends use this and they do like quizzes online and stuff. And I've just managed to stay out of that, which is kind of depressing, I guess. But yeah, never used this before, so it's exciting. I was playing around with the little features a minute ago and I could see you could like soften your face and all this weird, yeah, like this weird stuff that I didn't know you could do on a camera. So that was, that was exciting. But I, ch- I chose to just give you the, the natural look. <laughs> so, so you're coming to us from lockdown in uh, somewhere in London, I believe. Um, no, I'm actually currently at the moment. I'm in Vienna, Austria. I've been here since March. Um, oh wow! So I've experienced lockdown from a different perspective, which has been really interesting. Wow, I um I had read that you were uh, initially in quarantine in Vienna, and I had no idea that you were still out there. Um, how- yeah, I thought I, I thought I'd stick it out and see how long I can last, and I'm gonna be Austrian soon, I guess. I'm waiting for my lady host to turn up. <laughs> How d- how did you end up in uh, in Vienna um, right at the start of lockdown then? Um, so I flew out um, to see some family and some friends, and I was on the last plane that I didn't I wasn't aware of. I was on the last plane that was grounded before Europe just shut down completely. Right. Um, so I, I flew in, came came home, and read on the news that there's no flights going in and out of Austria for the next month and a half or whatever, however long it was. 
Um, so I thought, oh, okay, cool. And luckily, I can work from home. I'm self-employed, so I can work from pretty much where I am. Where I, where I am. Mm. Um, so it didn't affect me too much. And I love Austria. I love Vienna. Um, and it's been a, a very fun experience. But I'm flying back out at the end of July. So that's when I'm to come back. And that will be to North London, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I can't say uh, Austria is somewhere I've um, I've ever been at all. So, what are the what are the lockdown conditions like out there now? I mean, for the first for the first month, like in March, it was like everywhere, like everything was shut, shops are shut. You could only visit um, supermarkets for like the essentials and um, pharmacies and stuff like that. Um, but the death toll here is, or the death rate here, sorry, has been very very good like i think well i say very very good people dying still bad but i think only 600 people in total um have died here which is insane comparing that to like america or england um so we came out of lockdown quite not quite quickly but definitely quicker than england where shops were kind of reopening and restaurants reopening you still have to keep your distance and you still have to wear masks and it's, it's still very much the same now where shops are open but it's reduced hours um, and you have to wear your mask on public transport and just be sensible. But unlike English people, I've noticed that Europeans are very good at following the rules. <laughs> so everyone's been, everyone's been very good at um, doing what they're told and keeping their distance and wearing their mask. And I'll kind of check back in with like band at home and my parents at home and get told all these horror stories that they've seen people in the streets just like wandering around with masks on, kind of together in huge groups. And it kind of it rubs me up the wrong way because I just want to come home now. <laughs> mm. I was going to ask you, are you feeling particularly homesick at this point? Um, no. I mean, I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by people that I, I like very much. And I travel a lot anyway because I've, I've been in bands and I still play in bands at all quite a bit. Um, so I'm used to not being home that much. Um, but I would like to see my dog. That's, that's, that's the one thing I'm missing Aww. at the moment is my dog. <laughs> what kind of dog have you got? Uh, my dog is a black lab, obviously, a um, very <laughs> generic dog, um, but she's my best friend. She's called Ziggy, um, and she's three years old, um, and yeah, she's a, she's a little angel. Obviously, uh, as is the custom on Bitch and Brew, I usually get the uh, the pleasure of making my guests uh, a cup of tea or cracking open a beer for them, yeah. but I can't do that under lockdown conditions at the moment, <laughs> obviously, so you've stuck the kettle on for yourself. I have, I've got a tea here. You've got a tea, any any kind of special tea? How, how do you like it? Dude, it was, I just went to the shop and got the, the standard, I mean over here they call it breakfast tea, but yeah, just like, in, like it's just twinings, man, just, just that, <laughs> just the standard, the standard brew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, before, uh, obviously, everything went to complete and utter shit, um, you, let's jump back to February, you obviously released the track Slump, which we just heard a, a little clip from, um, with very little fanfare, it kind of came from out of nowhere, and I assume the kind of plan with, um, with Out of Love and, and with this EP was just to, you know, record a few tracks, play some shows, and just see where it kind of goes. Is that is yeah, that a, a fair yeah, assumption? One hundred percent. That's there was no no plan at all apart from that we had these four tracks and we were just going to put them out and just pretty much see if our friends liked them. I didn't have any other, or we didn't have any other plan apart from we wanted to see what our friends thought, play some shows with some friends, and be happy with that. Like nothing, nothing else really. Mm. Um, yeah. So when we put Slump out, there was no real plan apart from we had a video. We used YouTube and we just put it up on Spotify through um, TuneCore, I think, some sort of right. distribution website. Um, yeah, and that was it. No, no real plan, just to 
throw it out there and see what reaction it got. Mm. And you'd obviously book shows around it as well, or at least a, a show, a DIY show in London. Um, but yeah, then yeah. that was right before the, the pandemic sort of started to fully take hold, didn't it? Yeah, it was um, It was such a shame. I, I, we still want to do that, and it'll still happen at some point. Um, it was just in this tiny, really shitty basement club um, where we're from. Um, and we went there and visit, like met the owner, and she was lovely. And she pretty much just said we could do what we wanted. Um, and it was just this tiny little room, and it probably could only fit about like, 40, 50 of our friends. Um, and we were going to make like our own out-of-love cocktails and just have a really wacky evening and just play some music and have some friends on the bill. Um, which didn't happen, unfortunately, but it, it will definitely happen in the future. That's going to be hopefully still our first show. And we had a bunch of other shows booked for the summer as well, but obviously mm. couldn't happen. I'm, I'm intrigued by Out of Love Cocktails. Can you can you give away the secrets of what's uh, what's in there? <laughs> Dude, there was, there was like no no rules apart from I knew I wanted one to be called Slump and I just wanted it to be as pink as possible. I didn't care what was in it. I just wanted it to be like luminous pink. Um, <laughs> and that was that was all I wanted. Just Just really horribly high-vis pink. Oh, I can imagine to yeah. get that you would need a, a mixture of, I'm going to go for tequila rosé. Ooh, um, classy. Cherry sours. Yes, yes, that's a must. And then some sort of red mixture, like Fanta fruit twist or something. Ooh, tropical, I like that. Or, that's good. Or no, just maybe it's just some sort of pink lemonade. Yeah, a pink lemonade would be good. I wanted it to look like, you know, the opening scenes of The Simpsons where um, Homer swallows like the, or the, the, the um, nuclear bar thing like goes down his shirt and you can see it glow all the way down. Oh, yeah. I wanted it to be like, so when you drink it, you can kind of just get this weird glow around you, like ready breath or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that was my one, my one request. It just needed to be as bright as possible. Um, so I think Fanta Fruit Twist is a good shout. Yeah. Uh, for the moment, yeah. we'll stick to the tea, but maybe out of yeah. love cocktails will be uh, will be the first bar order once we're all uh, once we're all back in the venues again. I hope so. I'm going to make a list of your ingredients. I actually think that's a good idea. I'm probably going to steal that. That's right. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, this, this EP is coming out July 17th, uh, coming out uh, just in a couple of days uh, from when this this podcast is is coming out. Um, but you've as a result of the pandemic, not even played a show yet. Um, mm. That That is obviously quite strange for bands who relied so much on live shows in the current climate. So does that does that feel quite weird for you that you haven't tested these songs out on the road yet? Yeah, it feels... I was, I was saying to Lags the other day, I was like, we could suck. Like, you've never seen us live. <laughs> you, you don't know what we sound like. We could be the worst band in the world. And you've like put a bit of money into us and, and put out a vinyl for us and print some t-shirts or whatever. We could be like, we could just tank life, just be goddamn awful. Um, and it makes me feel, um, I don't know, it, ma- it makes me feel a bit of a fake. Like I feel weird. Like I've always grown up playing in bands and I felt like if you're in a band, the, the main purpose to being in a band is playing shows and being on tour. And that's when you feel like you're the real quote unquote band um, and not being on tour and having to rely on the internet and, putting songs out and being like, well, we are a real band. We'll be playing shows soon. I feel a bit of a phony. So as soon as we can get like in a room, play some shows, that's when I'll be like, okay, this is a proper band now. It still feels like some sort of weird internet project thing, which I hate. Like I want it to be like that. <laughs> I'm sure to other people it doesn't feel look like that. But um, to me it feels, um, I feel a phony at the moment. So I want, I want to play some shows. You're going to be the UK DIY punk equivalent of Millie Vanilli. 
Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was that? What, I can I can feel that. What was that project a couple of years ago with the guy who played to like a near empty underworld? Was it Threaten? Oh yeah, the Threaten, like that, that prank thing where he was. <laughs> didn't he claim he was like some massive LA musician and yeah. he booked a load of venues up and yeah, I remember that cropping up on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, um, that was an incredible story actually. That was insane. Oh man, haven't thought about that one in a while. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned lags there. Obviously, you have teamed up with Venn Records for the release of this EP. Uh, we've been big advocates of Venn Records on here in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it feel to be associated so early on with um, you know a, a label that has such high that's held with such high regard, especially in the UK underground, and and thinking about what they've done for some of the you know some of the most revered artists in the uk at the moment certainly in the uk mm. alternative scene yeah it was it's unreal i mean lags hit us up just on instagram i remember i think we we dropped slump on like feb 14th on valentine's day and i think the following thursday i saw that lags followed us on instagram and i was like that's really weird like what, why is he following us on instagram we have like 200 followers no one cares about us we're a brand new band never <laughs> met the dude before um and then then records started following us i was like oh this is really strange. I remember screenshotting it and putting it in like the WhatsApp group and like, yo, like some crazy has <laughs> happened. And then we get an inbox, like a, a DM from Ben being like, really like Slump. Do you have any more music? And I like shit my pants. It's like, oh my God, like this never happened. Like, this is like a rarity. Um, and I was like, yeah, we have like three other songs. And I emailed him straight away. Um, and he loved them. And he phoned me up, I think the following week, once we both had a free day and we talked it out and then we all met up just before everything went into lockdown um, and we kind of spoke about everything and what we wanted to do and he loved our plans and we decided to work together and it was, yeah, it was, it was great. It was very, very surprising. Jump, jumping back a little bit before that, um, because, you know, I, I'm Not Me, which is the title of the EP, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've heard it, it's, it's an absolute joy, uh, four tracks long and it's over in less than 10 minutes, um, yes, that's, pretty much. Um, <laughs> Story of my life about everything. I think. <laughs> <laughs> did the uh, did the production process kind of reflect that that sense of urgency that the EP kind of brings when you're listening to it? Um, so we tracked about eighty percent of it ourselves. So Dan, our guitarist, he um, has a small studio at his house um, and another studio at a friend's place, and we tracked all the guitars and drums with with Dan and our friend Sam Bloor. And then we got Sam Law back down. He owns a studio um, up in Manchester. Um, we got Sam back down to do vocals with us because he had a load of cool gear that we wanted to use. And he's a great um, vocal producer. His ideas were incredible. And I, I had like a strong idea of what I wanted, but he kind of managed to bring it like up, a, up another level. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got some really cool things out of me and he was a joy to work with. Um, and we, I think we tracked it all. The guitars and stuff took a while because we were doing it kind of as and when we wanted to. Um, just over the summer last year and then we did the vocals over a, a day in september i think so it, it kind of it was like a slow process but again we didn't have any plan we didn't know when we wanted to launch the band so it was just kind of a spare time project thing mm-hmm. that, we were, that we were doing um and we'd sat on the demos for a very very long time and we had a different singer to begin with and i was playing bass um in the band and um, it didn't really work out, and the, the other vocalist was incredible, but it just wasn't 
how me and Dan envisioned it because this was kind of our little baby project thing that we started and we had like a solid idea of what we wanted and we couldn't get what we wanted out of a singer and we were kind of hitting our heads together trying to think who can we get to sing on this because we didn't know many singers you know loads of guitarists you know loads of bass players but drummers and singers usually are kind of hard to come by mm. um and then one day i got really sick of trying to think of singers and i said to Dan, can i have a go like i think i know we know what it wants to sound like can i can i try um, and we recorded the vocals for Slump, and it sounded wicked, and it kind of stuck. And we were like, oh, we should have just done this a year ago before, like trying all of this, all of these things. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of a trial and error process for about a year and a half, and then we knuckled down, got our friend Sam involved, and recorded the tracks properly. Oh, fantastic! So uh, you love to pardon my ignorance of your of your kind of pre out of love musical endeavours, but is this the first time you've kind of stepped into the frontman shoes? Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I currently play in a band called Acres, um, and I play bass in them, and I've toured all over Europe with them and played festivals um, for the last year and a half. Um, and I've known those guys for years, but it's, this is the first time I've like sung in a band since like high school when I did like crappy like Green Day Blink cover band where I just have, like, <laughs> have a go at a song here and there. As, as we all do, as we all do. Oh yeah, yeah it's got to be done. You know, you're talking about your vocal production. Let's talk a little bit about your lyrical style because you have a very sort of dry, almost quite British sense of humour. It's very self-deprecating, but also yeah. uh, quite, a, quite a hopeful lyrical style. Was that an important balance for you to nail when kind of writing the lyrics for this? Yeah, I think... Well, I don't think it's important. I think it's, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm a very self-deprecating, pessimistic person, but in, in the most positive way possible, if that makes any sense to you. So I, I can kind of see the... Um, I can I can not take myself that seriously, and I can see the, the funny things and a lot of negative things, even though I'm probably being negative. I know that's massively contradictory, but <laughs> that must make sense somewhere. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's nice to hear... I think it's nice to hear people talk about things that are very human and talk about the way they deal with them and, and see that people, you don't have to take yourself seriously and things do go wrong and you can make a, a good situation out of a bad situation. It mm. doesn't have to be all doom and gloom and, and um, woe is me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess it's... Uh... You know, definitely more the hopeful side. A particular favourite track of mine off the EP is, is "My Perfect World," and and that is that is a oh, very okay. that's a very very hopeful track lyrically. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but uh, I guess when when you kind of look out the window and and literally everything is going to shit, I guess it's just that mindset yeah. of uh, of you you kind of have to laugh about it, really. Yeah, like you either laugh or you cry, and I think. It's, it's better to be in a room full of people that said, everything's fucking shit, who gives a crap, we're all in this together, let's have a good time, than sat around <laughs> just staring at the floor being like, oh, this is rubbish. And, you know, like more, more of a community spirit, regardless of if it's good or bad, everyone sticks together and mm. we, we do our thing. So um, obviously this is a, an audio-only format. I, I can see you, you and you, you can see me at the moment, but the people won't be able yeah. to see us. So it almost seems quite weird to ask about this, but I did really want to talk about the, the kind of visual identity of, of Out yeah. of Love because uh, when you look at things like the artwork and the videos which we'll talk about in a minute it definitely seems steeped in that DIY punk fanzine culture almost fuck yeah is, is yeah. that is that a kind of a scene in a community that you found a lot of inspiration in in the past 
Yeah, I, I mean, I do all the art myself. So my job is I'm, I'm a graphic designer. I don't really like to say that because I didn't go to uni, but I, I make a lot of art for bands um, mm. and I've managed to carve a, for lack of a better word, career, quote unquote, in it. So it pays my bills, um, which is wicked and I can travel and work, which is awesome. I'm very grateful for that. So I had a very solid idea of what I wanted the band to look like and I've never been able to be in a band and express that side of me and I've been a massive fan of punk rock and hardcore um, all my life growing up and there's a lot of artists that I really like like Raymond Pettibone who did all the Black Flag stuff back in the day mm. um, and the way just you know like you said like the fanzine stuff and how it's all um, very taped and scratched and scrappy but in the most charming way possible yeah. um, so I, I tried to I'm glad you noticed I tried to kind of get that across in our art and it, it looks fun and I think it's exciting and it, it's, it stands out from what a lot of bands are doing at the moment mm. and it's unique to, to, the, to the band I think. Yeah yeah I mean uh, I ask because I, I'm, I'm constantly curious about asking questions about stuff I don't really know much about but one yeah, thing I'm sure. trying to learn a little bit more about is graphic design because I think I've always liked mm. design but I've never had any skill in it you know I, but I've never yeah, really given sure. it that much of a go. Um, I'm particularly uh, fascinated by like movie poster design and stuff like that Wicked. and, and yeah. obviously stuff around music too so whenever I get a chance to talk to a designer who I feel like I can <laughs> ask a question without feeling like a bit of an idiot for asking it I'll, I'll relish yeah, in that no, opportunity sure. dude I'm, I'm the same I, I, I hate these proper arty people that I, I don't like to speak to them it makes me feel like um, <laughs> like I'm not embarrassed but you, you almost feel you don't want to feel like an idiot when you ask a question. I know exactly what you mean. So I kind of keep my mouth shut and I don't really ask things. And I've only ever learned everything from just fucking around myself and just seeing seeing what looks good and what doesn't look good and just trial and error. And that's same, same as the band. Like everything is just trial and error. And I think that's the best way because you find mm. your own techniques. Like if, if there was a graphic does a real graphic designer sat next to me now and watched me make something, he'd probably have a heart attack. He'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> you're doing everything wrong. And I like, press all these buttons that make no sense. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a cool outcome. You get a cool outcome. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm. And I think maybe sometimes knowing too much restricts yourself. Yeah. Or restricts you. Um, so just fuck with it, I think. There's no, there's no rules, man. I think, do what you want. <laughs> I think expectation is a big thing as well. If you go into it expecting too much of yourself, you're only going to be disappointed. Yeah, for sure. And it's fun. Like, I, I think the way I, the way I like to, or the, definitely the way I work when I create anything for anyone, whether that's Out of Love or another band, I go in with the intent of having, knowing what I want to do and 90% of the time it will come out completely different. And that's incredible because you, you kind of roll with it and you, you see what you like and then you move to something else and that turns into something else. And then you have this final outcome that you would never even thought of. Mm. Um, and that's what I really like to see. With, with the Out of Love style, there's something quite addictive about that, that style. It feels very kind of tactile in the, uh, yeah. in the digital age. Obviously, I, I would assume that it was eventually kind of assembled via digital means, but using like traditional elements. It just... There's... Yeah, so I, I like assemble... Um, I assemble it all on paper. So I have all, these, all this paper here and stuff and mm-hmm. I like duct tape it down or tape it down. I'll write on it um, and then I'll scan it in. And I think that's what makes it look, um, I guess, less digital and glossy. It's mm. like got more of a more of a feel to it, I think. Um, yeah. 
Well, well, well um, you know, like I was saying, I want to talk about the videos because they are really, yeah, really sure. entertaining. Um, I think during lockdown, we've all been trying to learn uh, new skills and, you know, pick up on new things. Like I was mentioning about mm-hmm. me trying to, you know, dip, dip my toe into the, the pond of graphic design and illustration. But uh, it looks yeah. like you would kind of turned your hand to uh, video editing and animation uh, for a couple of yeah. your for a couple of your videos, um, as I mentioned, you know the video for my perfect world. Uh, yeah, I think you said, you mentioned that you created it on on your kitchen table or something. Yeah, so I actually made that video um, last summer um, to the demo that we had, um, and it was just like an idea that I wanted to get across, um, and I couldn't really explain it to the rest of the guys. I was like, I want paper to like make a video and I want the paper to move, and they were just like, oh. I was like. Just, just let me show you. Like, I'll just do it and I'll just show you. Um, and it, it took like what felt like 5,000 years. I was just like surrounded by paper and in my kitchen, ripping things out, sticking things together and taking photos. Um, and that took like a week. And then I put it all together just on iMovie because I, I didn't know how to use anything else. Mm. Um, and it was all, again, trial and error and a learning curve. And it came out pretty cool. Like, I think there's things I do differently now, but I'm definitely happy with how it, how it turned out and how it looked. Yeah, and obviously for the uh, for the I'm not me video, which we'll hear we'll hear a clip from I'm not me at the end of this. Oh, but cool. You all yeah. kind of uh, got yourself green screens, all you and the other members yes. of Out of Love, and, uh, yeah. and just kind of threw together what you could. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Was that I assume there was maybe like a video shoot that you now couldn't do because of the the pandemic, or was it just like a... yeah, kind of. I mean, the the idea was always to have green a green screen video. We wanted it to be really wacky and kind of make our own little universe. But we were going to get together um, in a room and shoot it all in one day um, and have like multiple scenes of like all the band members together and stuff. But obviously that couldn't happen. And we, we were going to get our friend to shoot it who has some nice equipment. And makes videos for a living um so i've been pestering him almost like every other day just <laughs> asking him questions about like how to shoot things and stuff um so we decided because it's green screen you can kind of do it wherever you want as long as you've got that green screen um so i went on amazon and we picked up like this really cheap 20 pound green screen um, that was like three meters by three meters um set it up in our drummer set it up in our practice space um and i said everyone go down and shoot themselves doing four or five different scenes we kind of spoke about what scenes we wanted to do and what we wanted to put in beforehand um over a couple of skype calls and that and then everyone went down shot it on their iphones they would like send me the footage in in um, vienna they then posted me the green screen Uh, (laughs) i have to wait like a week and a half for it to turn up um with like the balaclava and stuff that all turned up i set it up and i shot it my end um, and then put it all together, my end, and yeah, that's how the video was made. <laughs> I mean, the only video we haven't mentioned at this point is the slump video. Um, yeah, and, and I must ask, what's the um, what was the worst thing that landed in your mouth during that shoot? Um, silly string. I couldn't breathe. It was horrible. I don't know what came out of the can, but it was like. I've never been pepper sprayed, but it was like a, a pepper spray to the gob. It was disgusting. It was like this. <laughs> it took your breath away and it kind of froze you. And I, I remember the, the song was like on double speed as well because we it was shot twice as fast so we could slow it down and have that like dreamy slow effect that mm. when I'm getting hit, it's all slow-mo. Um, so it's twice as fast. So I was kind of rapping the song anyway, trying to like get all the words out. And this silly string hit me and the, like the 
the gas or whatever's in it, I don't know what's in it, um, really fucked me up for a couple of lines. And it was kind of, you can see how my breath kind of gets taken away. Um, <laughs> so silly string or the, and the pear. I got, Dan hit me in the head with a pear. And it really hurt. It really, really hurt. Um, and yeah, the, the pear in the head sucked. And flour, because that's dry. The oh, flour was yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was the most, one of, probably the most fun video shoot I've ever done. And it was, it felt super liberating because I was just like covered in shit and it was, it was just, it was incredible. It was really good. And it was all shot in this really shitty village hall somewhere, somewhere up north. I can't remember where. <laughs> it almost reminds me with that, with that slow motion and you just being covered in all sorts of stuff. Um, it kind mm. of reminded me, have you ever seen the video for uh, the track Vertigo Flowers by Nothing? Yeah, by Nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they're getting pelted with, like, is it like, Fruit and veg or something. I, I think they're just getting painted with like uh, paint, uh, like paint guns or like. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm getting another one of their videos. Yeah. They're, in, they're in like the hazmat suit thing. Yes, yeah, they? yeah, exactly. Yeah. It reminded That's me of that a lot. Video. And I'm sure you get this comparison a lot, but uh, obviously, like the My Perfect World video, kind of reminded me of the the dip video by Culture Abuse. I don't Do you know if... what? I I love Culture Abuse so much. They're they're a very very good band. I think a very important band. But I'd never seen that video until after we put out My Perfect World. And then I went back and someone said, yeah, it looks like this. And I watched it. It's incredible. I love the video. It's, it's, so it's a great video. And they're a great band live yeah. as well. I, uh, yeah. Oh, they're, they're one of my favorite bands I've seen live. They're, they're, they're they've got so such a nice fun. charm about them. And I think David's an incredible front man. Yeah, they're a wicked band. Yeah, yeah. I met David very, when they when they last did a, a UK tour. I think it was, they, they played down near me at the Joiners in Southampton. It was the tour oh, where they had Gouge yeah. Away supporting. So it was just fucking sick night. Yeah, um, and then what, they were, what a lineup! They were going to play Two Thousand Trees, but then they pulled out right at the last minute, and I was hoping to get them on the podcast. Um, oh, that would have been wicked! That yeah, would have been so cool. Soon, soon, hopefully. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll keep my fingers crossed. I love that band. Um, so, as we mentioned, the EP is out on the on the seventeenth of July. As as lockdown gradually starts to ease in the UK, we obviously don't know when music venues are going to reopen and when the the touring mm-hmm. circuit can resume. We just don't know what that's going to look like at this point. I mean, you know, we record this the day after we've had the amazing news that the arts industry in the UK is going to get a one point five billion cash injection yeah. from the government, which is fantastic. Uh, are yep. you are you starting to uh, you, you and, and the rest of the band are you starting to put together some semblance of a plan for the for the future for live shows even though there's not much of a timeline to follow at this point? Um, yeah, I think the the first the first things first is we want to reschedule that little club show thing that we had. That was always our like our main intention is to have that as our first show, regardless of what happens. Um, because once we set our mind on something, we want to we want to see it through, and I think it'll be a really fun night. Um, and I think some of the shows we had booked for the summer will be getting rescheduled, but probably for the twenty twenty one summer maybe, because mm-hmm. some of them are some like smaller festivals and stuff that I assume will just get rescheduled next year. Mm. But apart from that, no no real plan. I think again, there's no plan with this band. We're just playing it by ear and just <laughs> seeing what um seeing what crops up, which is fun. Be, being in a different uh, being in a different country altogether as well, um, have you been able to kind of uh, focus on any songwriting for any future out of love releases, or is it still a little yeah. bit early days? No, no. So me and Dan have had constant contact with each other. So I, I managed to pick up a really cheap interface um, and a cheap microphone um, over here, and um, uh, a little guitar 
and we've been writing and we've been sending ideas back and forth and then I've been tracking vocals where I am and we've managed, I think we've wrote like three three or four new songs now, just going back and forth over the internet with the rest of the guys and myself and we've tracked vocals on them and stuff and then when I fly back over, we'll kind of go over them with a with a um, fine tooth comb and iron out the creases and then maybe, I guess, hit the studio September, October time and record some more songs. Mm. Well, we look forward to hearing those, but most importantly, we look forward to hearing the uh, the I Am Not Me EP, uh, which is coming out on Venom oh, Records. Yeah. I say we look forward to hearing it. I've heard it. It's really, really bloody good. So everyone should go oh, and listen to it. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Rogers, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on Bitchin' Brew. Um, hope the rest of your uh, hope the rest of your lockdown in, in Vienna treats you well and safe travels oh, back to the you. UK eventually. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Peace. Jack Rogers from the band Out of Love, a very lovely guest for episode 48 of Bitchin' Brew. And if you didn't quite get the message uh, over the course of this podcast, their debut EP is called I Am Not Me, and it's out this Friday as I record and release this uh, this episode, 17th of July 2020. So depending on when you're listening to this, may already be out Go and check it out. It's on all the usual digital platforms, of course. But what I would especially recommend is uh, heading to Ven Records online store. It's venrecords.com and pre-ordering a copy of the EP on 7-inch vinyl. They're doing a lovely limited run, uh, 250 copies of the EP on transparent yellow wax. And it's also, they've also got some Ace t-shirt bundles on there too. So uh, head to venrecords.com, go and pre-order yourself a copy, uh, a copy of this EP, Ven spelt V-E-N-N, records.com. And uh, seeing as we spoke a lot about it during that chat, I've also got to shout out Jack's work as a graphic designer. Um, so go and check out some of his stuff on Instagram. His handle is at getarealjobkid, all one word, which I think is a... Wicked handle. Um, that's about it for this episode of Bitch and Brew. Thanks to Jack Rogers from Out of Love, obviously, and thanks to Lags and the gang at Venn Records. Um, if this is your first time listening to Bitch and Brew, you may want to go back and check out some previous chats that I've had with the likes of Milk Teeth and uh, Can't Swim, Spanish Love Songs, uh, Muskets, Puppy. Weather State, The Dirty Nil. I mean, the list just kind of goes on about all the great punk bands that we've had on this uh, show and just all the great alternative bands and artists all together. Um, and, of course, don't forget to subscribe on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple Podcast user, then feel free to leave a review. Support your independent podcasts by uh, by bigging them up to your friends. If you feel 
that uh, this episode deserves such a positive review. And we're also on all the usual social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the details uh, for that, as well as the details to uh, pre-order the I Am Not Me EP from Out of Love, Vive M Records, uh, in the description of this episode, so you can go and get on that right now. And that is it for this episode of Bitch and Brew. The proverbial mug has been drained, and uh, we've got some killer stuff coming up soon. I've already got two other episodes recorded, which is not something I get to say very often at the end of recording one of these, but oh my god, I'm actually, I'm actually prepared. We've actually got a schedule, and we're building up to the 50th episode of the podcast. The 50th episode proper, anyway. I'm not counting all the episodes of the the bitchin review and the bitchin festival previews i mean realistically we've already done about 75 episodes if we're uh, if we're counting those um and they're all great obviously i'm i'm really proud of everything we put out so far but we're coming up to the 50th episode uh, proper of the podcast um so uh, yeah stay tuned for that i'm really really excited um i don't sound like it but i'm i'm just tired 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 of lockdown tired of life tired of hearing my own voice which is why i'm gonna stop now thank you very much for listening uh, this has been bitch and brew i've been danny rand and you've been fucking awesome of course and until next time don't forget to be loud be kind and be bitching bye <laughs>